This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. In a surprise announcement, Jacinda Ardern, New Zealand's Prime Minister, said she would step down within the next three weeks. Miss Ardern was widely praised for her handling of the pandemic and for her response to a horrific terrorist attack on a Christchurch mosque in 2019. However, her popularity has recently plummeted. In a tearful statement, she said she did not have enough in the tank to continue leading the country. She was elected Prime Minister in 2017, aged just 37. President Volodymyr Zelensky's chief of staff, Andriy Yermak, called for Western countries to send tanks to Ukraine as soon as possible. The plea comes ahead of a summit on Friday of Western and NATO allies at the Ramstein Air Base in Germany. There, America is expected to announce a package of military aid worth around $2.5 billion, including 100 striker combat vehicles. American stock markets sank on the news that retail sales fell in December, as shoppers tightened their belts amid rising interest rates and high inflation. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped by 1.8% and the S&P 500 by 1.6%. European stocks also slumped, with the Stocks Europe 600 Index dropping by 1.24%. Monetary tightening and signs of a looming recession have sapped investor confidence. China's health authority said that demand for critical care for COVID-19 patients had peaked, with 40% fewer people in hospital on January 17th than on January 5th. For the first time since 2019, people may travel freely during the holidays surrounding the Lunar New Year on Sunday, potentially increasing infections. Meanwhile, Hong Kong announced that it will scrap mandatory quarantine from January 30th. Japan logged its largest recorded annual trade deficit of around 20 trillion yen, equivalent to $155 billion, in 2022. The main cause was high import costs, which rose by 39% as energy prices soared and the yen weakened, in part because the central bank has maintained an ultra-loose monetary policy while other countries have tightened theirs. Japan has scant natural resources, so relies heavily on imported fuel. Israel's Supreme Court ruled against the appointment of Arya Deri, a close ally of the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, to a senior ministerial position. The court decried Mr Deri's elevation as unreasonable, given his previous conviction for tax fraud. The decision is a blow to Mr Netanyahu's right-wing coalition and signals rising tensions between it and Israel's independent judiciary. Ten Chinese snooker players were charged with match-fixing and betting-related offences by the sports governing body. Zhao Xintong, ranked ninth in the world, is among the accused. The scandal threatens China's status as a snooker powerhouse. In recent years, several Chinese players have won major tournaments and moved to Sheffield in Britain, where the World Championships are held. And fact of the day. 65,000. The number of pregnant women in sub-Saharan Africa who die every year from blood loss. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. America's Debt Ceiling Madness On Thursday, the American government is expected to hit its debt ceiling, the upper limit on how much money it can borrow by issuing bonds. The ceiling, a political creation, can be lifted by a simple vote in Congress. 
That, however, will not happen anytime soon. Republicans newly in control of the House of Representatives demand big cuts to federal spending, including to public health insurance and other social programs. The Democrats, who control the Senate, refuse. For now, the Treasury will use special accounting tactics to ensure that it has money to cover all obligations, from social insurance outlays to bond payments. Analysts believe these maneuvers will last until the third quarter, which ends in June. As that deadline nears, global markets will be on edge about the possibility of an American default. Precedent suggests that Congress will reach a last-minute compromise. But given the clout of Republican hardliners, such as those who blocked the appointment of their speaker, the dangers of an accident loom far larger than in the past. Erdogan's Pre-Election Spending Turkish central bankers are expected to keep interest rates unchanged at 9% when they meet on Thursday. Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the president, is determined to keep the economy growing and credit flowing in order to help his chances in elections due to be held on May 14th. Last year, Mr. Erdogan pressured the bank to slash interest rates from 14% to 9%. By October, inflation had reached 85.5%, stinging the poor and lower middle classes, Mr. Erdogan's core voters, the hardest. Inflation has since fallen, though only to 64.3%, and the president's poll numbers are improving. Foreign reserves are being topped up with cash from Russia and Gulf states, but the central bank is rapidly spending it to keep the depreciating lira afloat. In December, the government raised the minimum wage by 55%, its third-largest increase in 2022. It also, in effect, lowered the retirement age, allowing two million extra Turks to claim their pensions. The opposition sees blatant bids for votes. A new central station in Bangkok Southeast Asia's largest train station is due to open on Thursday. Officially named Krung Ten Apiwat, Glory of Bangkok Central Terminal, but known as Bang Su Grand Central, the sleek, undulating terminus in the north of Thailand's capital has 24 platforms and can handle 600,000 passengers a day. Until recently, Thailand's railways were notorious for ancient diesel engines and derailments. Bangkok's previous central station building was completed in 1916. The government hopes investment in its railways will pay off in boosts to tourism and reduced road congestion. The new station, which took over a decade to build and cost around $1 billion, is part of an explosion of urban transport in Bangkok, as well as being a hub for national and international lines. Bangsu will serve commuter, long-distance, and eventually high-speed trains. It will also connect three airports and, later this decade, trains from Kunming in China will stop en route to Singapore. Protests Against French Pension Reform France braced for disruption on Thursday after every union in the country called for a day of protests, marches, 
and strikes against the government's plan to raise the legal minimum pension age from 62 years to 64. Organizers hope to get one million people out in the streets. Trains, metros, buses, airports, and schools will all be affected. Thanks to a long lifespan and a low average retirement age, the French spend longer in retirement than pensioners in almost any other OECD country. They are in no mood to give up this privilege. A poll suggests that two-thirds are against raising the pension age to 64. President Emmanuel Macron will not be around to witness the disturbance, however. He is due at a summit in Barcelona, where France and Spain will signal a bilateral treaty to strengthen their friendship. Some of the ministers accompanying him stand ready to return to Paris early, should things get out of hand. Ronaldo and Messi meet in Saudi Arabia. On Thursday, Cristiano Ronaldo, a brilliant but fading Portuguese footballer, will play his first match in Saudi Arabia since moving there last year. Mr. Ronaldo will captain players from his new club, Al-Nazar, in a friendly against Paris Saint-Germain. The French team includes his great rival, Lionel Messi, who led Argentina to victory in the World Cup in Qatar. Mr. Ronaldo and Mr. Messi are both closely linked with football in the Gulf. PSG is owned by Qatar's state investment fund, and Mr. Messi is a tourism ambassador for Saudi Arabia, whose team beat Argentina in Qatar. Saudi government wants to host the World Cup with Greece and Egypt in 2030. But the choice of Qatar by football's governing body was tarnished by corruption. The host had a record of abusing human rights and is so hot that the tournament was held in November and December. Saudi Arabia could pose some of the same problems. FIFA may decide that a different bid is an easier bet. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday which right-wing pressure group was founded by Robert Welch Jr. in 1958? Wednesday. Who was the leader of the migrating rabbit group in the novel Watership Down? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Nita Bodden, who was born on this day in 1925. Children often have a much stronger concept of morality than adults. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.